Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Ashback. This is the coolest guy that ever lived, Matt Golden. What's up? And Matt's highly inflated, inflated sense of self forgot to let you know that this is episode number 50 for us, which we're pretty excited because it means that we're going to do something that we've always talked about doing, but have never actually taken the time to do. Yeah, we are calling this our classic series, uh, where we talk about a classic series uh, of comic books that have ended and have finished their run. And by classics, like we don't mean necessarily stuff from like the Silver Age of comics or the Golden Age. Fuck that. It's it's series that Matt and I fell in love with, and some of the stuff that like first made us like lifelong comic fans, and stuff that we bonded over when it came to comic books. Yeah, uh, Alex got me into comic books, and this is uh, some stuff that he got me into a long time ago, and it made my wiener hard. And uh, here we are, you know, four, five, six years down the line, and and we're rocking and rolling and doing some cool shit. Yeah, and we decided specifically mm. to start this series with Why the Last Man. Yeah, so Why the Last Man? Why'd you pick this? Uh, well, we both decided on it. Uh, well, fuck you. I'm asking a question. I'm trying to make a dialogue <laughs> here. I'm trying to make this flow, and you're being an asshole. You know why we picked it? I can tell you why we picked it. Fuck you, bro. We picked this because it's an amazing series. It's one of the first two or three that I ever read, and it was the first series that I actually ever completed. Yeah, it's written by Brian K. Vaughn, who we talked about on the show. We talked about Paper Girl. I'm sure we've mentioned him elsewhere. Uh, and done, drawn by P. Guerrero, uh, whose art I think is fantastic throughout the series. I can tell you where we, where else we've talked about Brian K. Vaughn in the current ongoing best thing uh, in comic books saga. Duh, uh, idiot. Ongoing. They're taking a year break. At it's least. still ongoing, despite a year-long-plus hiatus. But for this episode, we're going to be talking about the first 17 issues of Why, which are the first three story arcs, really the first 3.2 story arcs. Released a long, long time ago. So if you go to your local uh, Five and Dime, you're not going to find them. But if you go to Half Price Books, you can likely pick up the first two, three or four or five for half price. Or you can find them on Amazon to go to your local comic book retailer and pay full price for them yeah, as well, too. Go to your local comic book retailer. Keep that brick and mortar store open. But, or, or shh, 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 Quiet, Alex. Don't tell these brick and mortar stores I'm saying this. Go to Amazon and buy them used. And I might picked up that. Doesn't even worth repeating. Oh, it, was- it didn't pick that up? <laughs> God damn it. Um, You might have to turn that up. If you turn it up to uh, like 100 on your car stereo, you'll be able to hear it. It's really not worth the time that you would take to rewind it. <laughs> Try and find that exact moment and turn it up. <laughs> um, but I don't know if it's true or not. I heard that why, after it came out, was so successful for Brian K. Vaughn, that Vertigo changed how they signed deals for other writers and creators because Vertigo didn't make as much money as they would have liked off the series because it was so successful. Oh, well, fuck you, Vertigo. No wonder you disappeared and are only now coming back like eight years later. I still buy giant collections of Hellblazer. Yeah, because you're an idiot. Of course, those are also issues that came out like in the 20 two- years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're still getting my money. But anyway, back to why. I think why is special because I think it's one of the rare comics in history where the first issue is a perfect issue. 
after the first issue, this series was an instant smash success. Um, this comic, why number one, if you go into a comic book shop, which I recently did, and I saw why number one, you will have to shell out big dollars for the first issue cost 250 bucks. It was a smashing success. Everybody loved why immediately. And for good reason. Yeah. I mean, that was well worth it. It's one of the first issue is clever too, because it jumps around between all of the main players in the first issue. You see our protagonist, uh, York Brown, uh, or why, uh, as the book is titled, we see agent 55, Dr. Allison, Mann, his sister hero, and the antagonist alter all within the first uh, few pages. So I'm sure we got some people who don't know what why the last man is. So here's a little mini breakdown. It is the story of the last man on earth, just like it's titled. There's a weird apocalypse type of scenario that kills every man instantly in the entire world, except for one dude, actually just every male. So every male of every species is dead. Uh, I stand corrected. Also spoilers. Oh, no. No spoilers here. We would not do that. Yeah, and the only survivors are York and his helper monkey, Ampersand. Yes. Um, Who's a uh, little capuchin monkey. Yeah, what do you what do you think of York and Ampersand, especially early on here? I think it's great. Like, York's a relatable character. He makes a ton of pop culture references. Uh, he puts his head in things where he just makes situations worse. worse. He's not the smartest guy in the world. But he has a unique skill set. Uh, he's a magician uh, <laughs> by not by profession. He's an English major who also knows how to escape from handcuffs or escape from tricks. So that presents itself as a nice little uh, story device that moves a lot of things forward. Uh, he is making uh, pop culture references, like you said. He makes one to a beautiful Paul Simon song, You Can Call Me Al, here in the first trade paperback. So it's it's kind of tough to tell exactly when everything's taking place because the the pop culture references kind of fall all over the the spectrum. I mean, you can tell that takes place before now because they mentioned that Bowie just died due to the plague, and uh, oh but, yeah, well, yeah, and Bowie yeah. is if you spoiler alert, Bowie is dead right now. Yeah. I apologize for anybody who didn't know that, but yeah, Bowie is gone. And I don't know how you felt, but I know something that we've always wanted to do: just go back and reread some of our favorite series. But there's still part of me that was like reluctant to start and pick it up again because I have so many great trades I haven't read at home, so many great single issues that I want to get through. And I was like, oh, I do not want to start this again. I've already read it. But after I read that first trade again, that first story arc, I mean, I was in love all over again with this series. It's a very fast read. Um, there's not a lot to it. You can you can really flip through these issues really quickly. You can read the first three trades in about an hour. I mean, yeah, if you're really uh, yeah, focused I, on it. Uh, so for me, it wasn't a problem. I had the kind of the daunting feeling as well, but I very quickly was like, oh, this is going to be a quick run. I yeah. like it. And it rereading it too, it, it was just as good, uh, if not better, than it was the first time around for me. Um, because like there's little things that you pick up on that you, that you don't get in the first one. Like the third story arc deals with astronauts, but there's that's talked about in the first one with one line, it seems like a throwaway line. Then in the second uh, book, two, there's a woman who's trying to meet with these the Amazon women to help save astronauts, and they think she's crazy and they throw away. You never see her again for that story arc. But, of course, it's playing to a story arc that was 12, 13 issues later. Yeah, which is 
a really really cool thing with this uh, this book that I didn't really pick up on. I, I don't think the first time around. You you obviously expect these you know characters to come back in after you've read it. You know what's going to happen, but you don't know what the payoff is. You honestly think it's a throwaway line or a throwaway little detail, and then it comes back and becomes something massive to the story. Yeah, and we should go over our principal players real quick, which we already mentioned York and Ampersand the Monkey. And we briefly mentioned 355, and she's an agent of the Culpa Ring, uh, which is a basically a secret government ring. Uh, if you know anything about the Culpa Ring in history, it was George Washington's spy ring, who was thought to be disbanded years ago, but apparently it was still active. And 355 only goes by her code name. Uh, there's Dr. Allison Mann, who was the world-renowned uh, geneticist and biologist. Uh, and they're hoping to use her research to be able to clone or re- recreate men. Uh, and there's Alter, who's antagonist. And I can't remember what her rank was. Maybe a commander uh, in, in the, the Israeli army. In the Israeli army. Uh, and she's after York as well. And there's some other uh, major players that aren't as big. But there's Hero, his sister, uh, and his mother as well, who works for the U.S. government. Who happens to become the president of the United States? No big deal. Spoiler alert. She's not the president. It's the woman that 35 rescues and brings back. Well, her mom, yeah. his mom's the president in the meantime. Yeah. You're skipping way, way ahead. At the beginning of this story, his mom is the president. It's weird, too. This book, like I mentioned, New York has a lot of pop Becomes culture president. references. Yes. Uh, and some of them, even though it was written years ago, seem like timely ever. Like she mentions how York voted for Hillary, uh, which obviously would have yeah. played into a more recent one. Uh, which I thought was pretty clever. Uh, There's a joke making fun of Republicans, uh, not respecting the Constitution, not yeah. understanding it again. It's just weird how these political references are almost, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, circular in a way. They really are. Um, history repeats itself very clearly. Um, some things that I thought were really cool, and it kind of made me really stop and think. Like, you're reading this comic book, you're not really expecting to have all these deep thoughts, and then it, obviously this comic book is about all the men being dead in the world. You don't really grasp what that means as you're reading a comic book. You're just like, yeah, sure. Everybody's dead. Like I'm not going to stop and really think about that. But there's a moment when all these women are, uh, worshiping the Washington monument because it looks like a dick. Um, that worshiping is, I don't know if that's a word. It's, they're the, not worshiping. Sorry. The, worshiping the, is a very terrible word. Yeah. To use there. They're, they're, they're paying their respects. They are paying their respects. I believe they yeah. even say paying their respects. Yeah. Um, to all the men who have died. And I believe they mentioned Bowie and they also mentioned the Rolling Stones. And that's one that hits me because for me, I have a Rolling Stones tattoo. Like I'm like, Oh, fucking Jagger's dead. And yet they didn't mention one ska band. I mean, after that, I burned this book. Like people burn LeBron James jerseys after he left Cleveland (laughs) for the first time. Yeah, there is a, it is quite a travesty. Let me, let me tell you. And Alex has once again, found a way to mention ska in our fucking podcast. It's it's just natural. I mean, really, It's never forced. It just comes... It applies to everything in life. Yeah, that was definitely not forced whatsoever. Here we are on episode number 50. 50 fucking episodes. Well, I guess you won't be invited to my cover band, Why the Last Ska Band. Uh, No, I would not attend even if you invited. We play songs strictly about Brian K. Vaughn books. Actually, I would be very interested in that. You have actually sold a ticket. (laughs) Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take cash up front. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have cash. Um, I've got Apple Pay. Does that work? <laughs> Perfect. Um, so we're not going to talk about the uh, television show that's coming out soon. We'll talk about that in our last podcast about why the last man. 
We're going to save that uh, for another day. We know it exists. We know everybody who's been cast so far, but we're going to hold off on that until the end. So what do you, out of the three major players, let's say Allison Mann, York, and 355, who's your favorite out of that group? Oh, York, duh. The main character is without a doubt the best person in this entire book. He's the funniest person. He's the one that moves the plot along, whether he likes it or not. It's all at his pace. And it's interesting because he might be the least capable person uh, in the entire story, too. Yeah. Even though uh, he has his skill set. Yorick's motivation in this is to find his girlfriend who happened to be stranded in Australia Beth. doing research at the time of the incident. Yeah. So, and he wants to go over there to propose to her. Yeah. He was actually in the process of proposing to her over the phone uh, whenever the incident occurred. Um, and since the incident, he has got women falling at his feet. Uh, he's obviously trying to hide the fact that he's a man so he doesn't get killed and murdered and blah, blah, blah. And he hides but, it by wearing a cape and a gas mask to hide his features. Yes, yes, he Which does. might seem unusual, but it's not because there's people paranoid about germs, stuff like that too, being airborne viruses with the death of all the men on Earth. Yeah, they make it seem very natural that he's wearing a gas mask whenever he's out and about for the first time around people. But I think Mr. York Brown is by far the best character. It's not close. It is, yeah, for the most part. He's not perfect, but he does avoid the temptations of the flesh while trying to remain true to his girlfriend and his quest to save her. Now, his quest is actually derailed because they're trying to get Dr. Allison Mann to San Francisco because her lab in Boston's burned down and they want to get her other research. Yeah, and that's kind of where this book really picks up. Is they go pick up Allison Mann in Boston and then... Her lab's burned down, so they got to go to California. And they got to trek it. And if you can imagine the end of the world scenarios, it's a long trek. Yeah, and we, even though Alter is the main antagonist, we don't really come across her at first. A lot of it's dealing with the Amazons, which is a group of radicalized women uh, who believe that the death of all men was like a cleansing. Uh, and so they disown anything that they, seem to do, that they seem to have remnants of the patriarchy or masculinity or anything like that at all, uh, to where they, they're a violent terrorist group, essentially, uh, who terrorize other women who don't fall in line with their beliefs. It is, it's definitely just another terrorist group. And the big uh, plot twist at the end of the first, I want to say, issue, is the fact that York's sister hero uh, turns out to be an Amazon. Yeah, it's not the first. I think it's the first end of the first story arc. Uh, that sounds right, too. Not the first issue. And they cut off their left breast to symbolize what the Amazons and mythology did so they'd be able to hold a bow straighter uh, across their chest. Yes, they burn it off. They don't yeah. cut it off. They burn that shit off. Alex, if you were a woman and you uh, there were no more men, would you burn off your boob? Uh, I can't say I would. If it, I mean... I need an answer and I need it yeah. now. I mean, in order to... If it was my only chance of survival, sure. I would do worse things uh, for survival. Uh. We find out pretty quickly that... If I was doing it to try and impress some people and been <laughs> with the cool kids, I mean, probably still yes. Good. I'd have to do right a keg answer. stand first and then turn that down. Huh. If if Alex was coaxed into it even a little bit or peer pressured <laughs> remotely, he would cut off his boob. <laughs> High school was not a fun time for me. <laughs> uh, is that why you look the way you do? Uh, devilishly handsome? Uh, no, that's just <laughs> genetics and a steady diet of raising canes. <laughs> oh my god, there's a... I don't know if any of you can see into our room, which I know you can't. There are 
exactly six Raising Cane's cups in this room. I have no idea what they're full of. Uh, they're actually just full of the bread because I was trying to eat healthy. So I just shave all the breaded pieces off and just eat it <laughs> like it's grilled chicken. chicken. Yeah. It's not sh- raw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go in there and ask, can you not cook this chicken for me? You don't? No. Oh, well, you got something wrong with you. Uh, I just bamboozled all you fuckers. There are absolutely no raising canes cups in here. It's just a bunch of empty beer cans. Yeah. And a stale smell of disappointment and failure. And uh, a lot of uh, disappointed mothers. Like, there's like a smell mm-hmm. of disappointment. If disappointed mom was a candle, I feel like it would fill up this room. Speaking of disappointed mothers uh, and why the last man uh, <laughs> is interesting, too, because if half the population dies, you would expect that the world would just crumble. Uh, but I liked that Brian K. Vaughn realized that there would be some struggles and some major changes. But the world still rolls forward, at least in the limited window that we see. Like, we don't see what it's like in every country. And the first story arc takes place in America mostly, but we see that they're doing their best to survive and making progress. And while life has changed, it's not the end of the world that you'd expect. Although it is the end of the world for some people and, and some women specifically. Just because it hits all the men doesn't mean that the women aren't affected. We even see... uh a suicide happened uh, by a cop, somebody who's perceived to be strong uh, in every circumstance. She ends up pointing a gun and taking her own life because of this uh, this terrible tragedy. So it's it's very real. It's very poignant. Uh, but we should definitely touch on some plot points before we kind of wrap well, up. Well, I was going to say that actually goes into directly into the second main story arc. Yeah. Uh, which is when they are, as they're traveling to San Francisco. They visit a town called Marisville, which I think is maybe in Ohio. No, it's not in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, it's Ohio. Ohio. No, Ohio's where York's from. Uh, yeah, that's in Is Ohio. it Ohio? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Got the book right next to you. It's true, but I'm not going to. We could pause this podcast no. and look it up uh, just for accuracy's sake, but that's not what we're going to do. The henchmen of comics are not about accuracy or correct details. We're about providing everything as quickly and as easily as possible for us. We don't care about you or anything that you like. We want ease for ourselves. But Marysville is a town uh, that they go to where it's obviously all women there. But the first time they see that they have like electricity uh, throughout the town and they've got a food supply system going. Uh, we learn all these women take care of, but we also learn that they're all former prisoners. They all We care about beauty and podcast, Alex. We want the best possible product at the least cost to ourselves. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I can't insist upon this enough. It's a very important thing that I'm extremely passionate about. I'm sorry, everybody, that I've interrupted Alex uh, in the middle of his plot discussion for Why the Last Man Volume 2, but I feel like I must impress this. Matt's just passionate about how he feels about one aspect of his podcast. (laughs) Clearly the most important, the lack of citing correct facts (laughs) when it's easily (laughs) within reach. I cannot overstate enough how much we don't care about providing correct information. That's all I'm trying to say. Well, you were just a product of this modern age, so I'm proud of you. That's fake news, Alex. Okay, well, <laughs> but, I mean, they learned that they were all women who escaped from a prison after near a prison after the men died. Uh, and York at first outraged, but they actually end up saving him because the Amazons track York and Hero threatens to kill a woman there. Uh, and the woman that York is actually falling for, too. Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, she also says that she, like, at a certain point they realize that they're tracking her brother, 
And she comes to grips with the fact that she is going to have to kill him. And she's like, cool, I'll just kill him. Yeah, which I can't, I honestly don't remember, but I don't think we ever see throughout the story how Hero became radicalized. No, uh, I don't think it, it shows us in the future either, but she definitely does. Yeah. She definitely only has one boob. Yeah. Yeah, that's clearly <laughs> the most important part. <laughs> the most defining aspect. Well, of these that's blood, what of these makes an Amazon is somebody who has removed one of their own breasts. And that's what happens. And she's radicalized and she says she's going to kill her brother. What's more radical than that? Um. So anyway. <laughs> but essentially, it, it doesn't interact. The women who York wanted to throw back in prison... Uh, actually end up saving his life, but the woman that York bonded with and the one who found him and took care of him and nursed him back to health after he jumped from a train uh, ends up getting shot. And well, it, hold on. You are definitely leaving out some crucial ball-and-ass details. She gets shot after she kills the leader of the, uh, the Amazons by taking a pickaxe to her fucking skull. Yeah. And it's so cool. It is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Murder's dope, y'all. <laughs> but, I mean, it's really funny because she's trying to tell York her last words. And she dies before she can even finish what she's trying to say. And that just tugs at your heartstring, which is what we've seen with Brian K. Vaughn. Beginning it, especially with Saga, he's perfected that to an art form. But this is an early version of Brian K. Vaughn just murdering your emotions. And murdering your love for everything innocent. Um, so that pretty much wraps up volume two. Uh, oh, actually, there's one last little detail. Yurik ends up pulling a gun on his sister at the very end of it. Yeah. And yeah. you don't know what's going to happen leading into volume three. No, into volume three, he doesn't kill her. Yeah, so <laughs> surprise, surprise, he doesn't kill his own sister. But volume three, uh, I love the story arc because I thought it was clever because while the book is Why the Last Man... Uh, there's actually more men up in space. Two more astronauts. I think one astronaut, one cosmonaut, I believe. Maybe they're both cosmonauts. Yes, uh, one Russian tool bag and one badass American. So anyway. No, no, no. USA. 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 You know who landed on the moon first? One fucking Russia. Uh, the moon is actually hollow and it can't be landed on if you do you just crack it like it's a Fabergé egg I don't know what you're talking about I've got moon cheese at home uh, from when Buzz Aldrin went up there and drilled into the I thought Wallace and Gromit were the first people on the moon (laughs) Uh, I don't know what you're talking about I don't know who those people are but I do not support whatever you just said of course not okay so (laughs) but it's clever because there's men still alive and we don't know how they will survive if they land on earth because they, because we don't know if the virus that continually kills men or the event where was it kills men, uh, or if it's just that one time thing if you were there. But so they make their way to Marysville, not Marysville. They make their way to some small town in Kansas, where they go to a clean room site, which is a site built by the U.S. government. That's basically a germ-free room for basically events like this or biological warfare, and it's near where the astronauts are going to crash land. But before that happens, York gets captured by Alter and her Israeli soldiers. Uh, yeah, that's when all fucking hell breaks loose. Yeah, it's actually interesting because Alter, second in command, just agrees with her method, method because she basically just wants to use York as currency and doesn't care if he lives or dies. Her second in command realizes how important it is to have 
the last living sperm bake still around? Uh, I thought that was my nickname, the last living <laughs> sperm bake, because I'm just chock full of that shit. It's no wonder you didn't make it far in your pro wrestling <laughs> dream. What? Uh, no, ridiculous. Next, <laughs> next topic. That is not why the WWE did not take any of my 19 subscriber submission videos. But in Alter's uh, craziness, the astronauts are crashing to Earth, and she gets a rocket launcher to shoot and try and kill them with. Both the, and it's just one small unit with the two male astronauts and the one female astronaut in it. And York luckily bumps her out of the way, so the rocket misses. Yeah, uh, super, super exciting. Let's skip forward just a little bit, uh, because this is one of the most intense parts of the entire story. Because this is where they're with a country bumpkin lady, and York and her are together. Am I talking about the right spot here? Uh, I don't think so. I appreciate no, that. I'm yeah. not. I'm yeah. skipping way ahead. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. But anyway, uh, York saves them, and they go, not York, but... Uh, the Russian woman from Volume 2, who talked to the astronauts, is there with 355 and Allison Mann, and she tells them where their astronauts are going to land, because one of them is her cosmonaut, and she wants to bring him home to Russia. So when the rocket crashes, or their landing gear crashes to Earth, it's on fire, and they pull out the one surviving astronaut, which is the female. The two yeah. men died in the crash. Yeah, total bullshit. And it they reveal that the two men... We're pushing this lady out when because it was every other fucking man on the planet was dead. But how dumb is that? It thing? was almost awful because it, it is dumb, but it's just like that. Their sense of duty uh, persevered. It's the whole women and children first, wrong, and it persevered. But the big twist is that the female astronaut is pregnant. Yep. So she's one of the might be the only or one of the few pregnant women on Earth, and they don't know if the it was truly for them to tell if it was male or female. But she's a sign of hope that York's not the only man out there and Ampersand that, that can help find the cure. That brings me to a question I've had ever since the first time I read this. Or were all the women who were pregnant at the time with male children, did they all have miscarriages? Like, I know it's like a really weird, touchy kind of subject. Uh, it's actually touched on later. Uh, Is it really? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it when we cover that part of the uh, story. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it is touched on later. Uh, so I'm glad yeah, you remembered because I did not. That I makes read this her... story five years ago. <laughs> uh, and the two issue story arc. Every other story arc before this has been five issues, but the last thing we see is where you really don't see York or thirty five. It's with these uh, actors, these stage actors, putting on their own original play. Oh, I love this part too. See, this is where you and I differ. Like, I was not a fan of this storyline at all. I like the art style. Uh, it was a guest artist for this series. It reminded me of Fables. I don't know if the artist did work on Fables or not, but it reminded me, it was, it was like much like Fables art, and the coloring was the same too. Um, I thought it was fantastic. It was a beautiful little misdirection, kind of a, you've gone through three arcs of this. Here's kind of a reprieve. Yeah, it was, it was a nice resting moment, looking at that, and there were moments I liked from it, and it introduces a ninja to the story, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll talk... A lot more about the ninja as we progress. But what was your... Can you like think back and what was your first thought when you saw a ninja pop up into this story? I thought, there's no way that's a ninja. That's just someone like 
I had like one of the stage actors or some cosplayer who got lost at a con, just wandering into uh, a theater troupe. Uh, yeah, I was like, there's no way this is a real thing. There's Well, maybe it's real, but it's definitely not going to be something that goes on throughout the storyline. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, but essentially that storyline, how it ties into the main story is that they find Ampersand, who got loose, and in the end, uh, York... 35 and Dr. Man rescue Ampersand back uh, while wearing disguises. But that's where all they play. Uh, and that's how that third arc closes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, beautiful story. We'll never talk about it again. There's only three <laughs> issues of the whole thing, right? Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean like three issues of Y. Like three trades of Y. That's, a, that's yeah. it, right? We're yeah, done? That's it. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, real... <laughs> No real sense of closure. <laughs> uh, we will definitely be talking about why the last man again. But let me ask you. Uh, oh, we no, will. Yeah, no, no, no. no. I'll ask you a question. So what was your favorite joke in the entire, uh, the, these first Oh, man. Trades? Give me a second. I've right. got, I got a bunch of jokes that I saved on my phone. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you mine. Okay. Hit it me. was in the third volume whenever they first arrive at the clean room uh, and the two uh, doctors come out of the clean room and they take off their helmets from their hazmat suits uh, and they're twins and they both re- recognize Dr. Man and they go, Dr. Man? And York thinks that Dr. Man cloned them. <laughs> She's like, I didn't clone them, you idiot. They're <laughs> twins. Um, that was pretty solid. Um, I don't think I'm going to give you a joke, but I'm going to give you some of my favorite spots of this. Um, you said there's lots of pop culture references. At one point... Um, Yorick makes mention of a Pixies quote, uh, basically saying, here comes your man, uh, which I absolutely fucking love. It's one of my favorite. I think that is actually my favorite Pixies song. I love it. So good. Makes Pixies reference. And then in the third trade, we also didn't mention uh, a different comic book reference that we that we find here that you and i both love yeah oh it's so good like when i first read this i know what you're gonna talk about when i first like i'm like oh thank you for referencing the greatest comic book series of all time alex absolutely loves this comic book series it is his favorite he and i both own the first issue which is not a cheap one uh but it is a reference to the uh beautiful comic series preacher as Yorick carries a lighter that says, fuck communism, just like Jesse Custer, the star preacher. And that is a series that we'll get to eventually uh, for a classic series at some point. That might even be a good one to wrap up. Like, whenever, like, if one day you and I are like, all right, we're going to hang our hats on everything. Yeah, that would be a good idea. I think that's um, a good one to go out on. So, so anyway. We'll in 45 <laughs> years. Yeah, as we're talking about our, our demise as our creative outlet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but out of these three arcs, which one was your favorite? The first one. It was. It's a classic. It's really good. It introduces insane characters in an insane world. Uh, and it really kind of opens up your eyes to some new things that you never really thought. And it really expands on some ideas like, holy shit, what actually would happen? Yeah. And it really opened up my mind to doomsday thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I I do think the first one is my favorite. I think the third one is fantastic too. The, I would agree with that. The second probably might be the weakest in the entire series, but it is still great. Like if you put it against most other comic books, it is still a great story arc. Oh yeah, it's not it's not weak by any means. 
But for this series, which is one of the strongest of all time and one of my all-time favorites, I would probably put it's definitely top 10 i don't know about top five yeah normally like we when we talk about comics we recommend either like read don't read wait for trades or whatever but or even rank it on a scale of one to ten which i feel like we really don't need to do with this classic series yeah i 100 percent refuse to any of our classics going forward there will be absolutely no ranking yeah they're, they're must reads for us yeah they are a must read you gotta go check this shit out uh I've actually lent this to multiple people. I've had to go buy, rebuy rather, uh, several trades of this because I've lent people and lost touch over the years. Yeah. But Real dirtbags. Yeah. Fuck all y'all. Yeah. Except- that's how good this series is. <laughs> is that they're like, holy crap, this is so good. I, can- I have to lose touch with him so I can keep this and not spend the $15 myself. <laughs> so I guess really what we're trying to say is that mass friendship is worth no more than $15. That's 100% accurate. I've got, hold on. I've got somebody that's out there right now that is actually borrowing this series. So to you, your friendship is worth like at least double that. And if you haven't read the issue or trade three, we're sorry for spoiling it for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to this. Uh, can you rewind? (laughs) Take a forget me now and grab Barry Allen. Go, go travel back in time. Create your own flashpoint. We'll call it Y point. It'll be equally as tragic. Uh, oh, we can. One can only hope. But that's going to about wrap it up for this week's episode. Next week we will be back with the number ones for the month of August. If you have any suggestions for our classic series that you'd like us to talk about, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail dot com. I uh, go put that on any of our tweets that we put out put it on any of our facebook posts or instagram posts we might go and look at that in like four or five months and tell you what you think or what we think um subscribe and download this shit too that really helps us out and i think we're gonna put out some some interesting content on some other forms before too long too for the henchman of comics i'm alex eschback i'm the last man on earth matt goldman henchman ain't easy (laughs) 